Have you ever thought about starting a podcast? Blossom Media Studio are the way to go, providing you everything you need to facilitate the most expertise professional podcast out there. Welcome to the Inspiring Young Aspirers podcast. I'm your host, Billy Garton Jr., a 21-year-old entrepreneur and professional athlete. On this podcast, we'll be interviewing some of the most successful world leaders in their space in both business and sport. People who've amassed success, wealth, abundance, and most importantly, happiness, often after fighting incredible adversity. The hope is that through this podcast, we're not just going to inspire you or motivate you, but rather through the tips and hints that my guests share, spur you into action. If you're young and motivated, join me on this journey as we ignite the passion through some of the world's most inspiring stories. You know, when you wake up every day knowing exactly what you're striving for, nothing can stop you. Starting out my podcast, it was fundamental to me that I make it as professional as possible. And I could not do that without the help of podcast backdrops. Make sure you check out podcast backdrops on Instagram and put in the code BillyGarten to receive a special discount. Now let's dive into the episode. Reach for the moon and you'll fall amongst the stars. What does that mean to you? For our guest today, Michael Kiyo, a 25-year-old TikTok superstar, who in eight months has been able to leverage his brand from zero to one million followers on TikTok. He owns a clothing brand. Michael, massive, massive thank you for taking the time. We are so, so glad to have you on. How are you doing? I'm very good yourself. Really appreciate uh, bringing you on. <laughs> I mean, I've been, I mean I've, I've been seeing you since the beginning. I mean, I follow you uh, since day one. I think you've been doing pretty good as well. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I hope to hit the heights that you've been able to hit. Um, one day, I'm sure I will. I want to talk to you a little bit about that because we started it off with, with obviously reaching for the moon, falling amongst the stars. What was your goal with TikTok when you started? I know for a fact that, that you knew something was coming because you started documenting at 2,000 followers. And unless somebody has big dreams for this to go to six figures, seven, whatever, in terms of numbers, <laughs> they don't document from that, but from those stages. So what were the goals when you started? Uh, I mean, I've been on social media for a good uh, five, six years, even more than that. Um, yeah. On Instagram for a while, I had a couple of accounts, 300K, 80K. I have a Facebook page, 200,000 200, uh, 200 li 200, likes. Yeah. And uh, I was always the type of person that liked to stay behind the scenes as a strategist and right. just use people's content and push it forward. Uh, I never wanted to be an influencer myself. Yeah. But uh, I saw TikTok. I saw everybody was demonizing the platform. I saw the amount of growth that was happening there. All the attention that was kind of like just amassing in that area. And uh, I decided, you know what? Screw it. I'm going all in. I'm going to learn how to be on video, on camera. I think it's going to be a good challenge, a good practice. And uh, while everybody demonizes it, that's the best place to be. So, yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> phenomenal. Well, we'll definitely touch on TikTok. I want to touch on the other platforms first. You've seemed like you've been a little bit of a pioneer 
on the other platforms. Facebook, you like you said, two hundred thousand likes on your page. You've grown pages on Instagram to three hundred thousand followers. That is almost unheard of in this day and age on Instagram and Facebook to grow organically that quickly. When did you get on these two platforms, and how did you realize the space when everybody else was was floundering? I got on Instagram in uh, 2000, I think 2014. Okay. So it was still, it wasn't as early as right now with TikTok. It was kind of like a little bit later on when everything was kind of starting to settle in. Yeah. Um, there was still, a, there was still a level of demonization for anything that was outside of the creative photography realm. Um, I decided to start a page in the fitness niche. Uh, writing long-form captions. Everybody demonized that thing since day one. They're like, nobody's going to read your captions. Nobody's going to read your shit. <laughs> hey, look so, how that's come since, full circle, eh? You know, the thing is, like, since day one, I was kind of like, if everybody's doing it, I have to kind of, like, find a way to kind of push against that. Yeah. And just take the leap the leap of faith forward. Um, so since day one on Instagram, I've been kind of, like, pushing against everything else. And then TikTok was pretty much the same kind of, like... Um, the same psychology of you know how i approach different platforms i think that's incredible michael because a lot of people when they take these leaps they take the leap of faith after hearing from somebody else you know like you'll hear from gary v that tiktok's killing it right now and so you'll get on the platform or you'll hear from someone else that instagram's killing it but it's a little bit after the fact yeah did you have a mentor I mean, or someone who told I mean, you i mean i i jumped on i jumped on social media even before gary v like, yeah, like Gary Vee was there and everything, but I haven't heard of him since later, until later on, like 2016, whatever. Yeah. Um, I had a friend who was a magician and uh, my friend was getting gigs through social media, through Instagram. And I was, and I was always kind of curious about the internet just to, just in general. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, if I, if I'm going to start a business, there's two things that I'm, I'm going to have to really push forward for the actual products or the actual service and the marketing side. All the marketing right now is happening in the area online. I need to get really, really, really fucking good at this thing or I'm, there's no chance I'm going to win. Yeah. So I just jumped straight into it, straight into it. I, 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 I recorded everything I did, tested a shitload. And that's how I got to like the point I am right now. I think there's a lot of like demonization of practice, <laughs> uh, demonization of just trying new things. Everybody kind of just jumps on it. They hear a few stories and they, they think they're going to get rich in two weeks. Yeah. And it's like, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. No, that's why I love what you've been able to do. And I love the fact that we're able to have this conversation because exactly that 99% of people who go on a platform, they don't practice patience and they don't practice consistency. They give it a couple of weeks and if it doesn't work, they get off the platform. I'm, I'm in that on all, on all of my platforms at the moment in the game of patience. You have obviously done it quickly, but similar to you with me, I've been able to follow your evolution and you've only found a niche really of what's working in the past three or four months. Is that correct? Uh, I started off more like kind of like similar, a bit similar to you more yeah. in the business realm. Yeah. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just tackle the mainstream by going for things that are less specific, yeah. just generic topics here and there, whatever, as a temporary measure to just exponentially grow myself to a certain level. Later on down the line, when I'm at a million, two million, three million, five million, whatever, then I could switch. I could switch uh, gears yeah. and go into more in-depth topics, right. or I could just send the traffic to uh, YouTube and do uh, more like detailed analysis about certain topics. Yeah. But uh, as of right now, I'm still in the phase of the temporary measure. I'm still trying to become more mainstream. Yeah. 
later on, I could talk about politics, psycho, uh, uh, just intellectual topics, ideology, business development, whatever. Yeah. And what's your end run? <laughs> what's your end run with it all? Uh, my end goal is just to try to become a celebrity in the space. Um, to, to, because the way I kind of think of it is like when there's an economic collapse, the people that are celebrities that have all the attention on them, even if they lose all their cash today, they're still going to be okay uh, because they just have all the attention on them. They just take one sponsorship deal, 30,000, 50,000, whatever, yeah. and they're going to be okay again. So like my kind of like the way I thought of it was like, I'm going to try to get as much attention on me as possible for the long run and uh, just work from there. Right. I, I, I never tried. I never tried to go straight into the monetization. Yeah. I was never trying hard to make money on the thing. My goal right now is solely 100% to just build as much attention as possible. Yeah. I get I get uh, companies messaging me every couple couple of days, every week, whatever. I decline all the offers to maintain the brand equity as much as possible. That's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. <laughs> I think that's a massive lesson for everybody because people get to three or 4,000 and then someone says, I'll send you a free mask. And if you just put a photo up or you put something up, but I had to learn this the hard way initially as well. That tarnishes your brand so quickly, especially if you, if you don't align, your content doesn't align with the brand. And so is there ever a point where it's a cutoff yes. for you, where you decide if <laughs> I don't know, say a massive company, like someone comes in and says, we're going to offer you this for a sponsorship deal. You feel it aligns with your content. Is there a cutoff point where you'll go, you know what, this this is worth it for me? Yeah, usually what I'll do is I'll overcharge what my value actually is. Overcharge. Yeah, yeah. So most companies would be like, yo, screw you, I don't want your thing. Yeah. All right, no problem. No problem for me. And the product or service that I'm, that I'm doing affiliate marketing for or as a sponsor needs to be really, really, really something that I like. As of right now, I live with my parents. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not too worried about money that much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I think that gives me a lot of leverage. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not worried about short-term cash. I'm not worried about anything. So, and I don't want to sell out too quick. You know what I mean? Yeah. What's your plan not then? What's your plan then? I don't know whether it'll happen or whether it won't. What's your plan if TikTok gets banned? Um. First of all, my my intuition, and I've been studying. I study ideology, world world news, and politics a lot. Yeah. And. Uh, in my mind, there's a zero percent chance that TikTok gets banned in the U.S. You heard it well, here first. first. Of all, you heard it first. Here of all, first. I, first of all, I live in Canada, so I'm a little bit less worried. But oh, yeah. uh, from the from a United States perspective, I don't think it's going to happen. It's just for too many reasons: unconstitutional, violation of property right. Uh, at what level does something become a national security threat for the government to be able to just intervene and just shut down a business with the police? It, it drives it, it drives me nuts. <laughs> uh, and we, we don't we don't live like in India where it's a collectivistic kind of like a collectivistic kind of country. We live in an individualistic uh, place, so the government doesn't have unlimited power like in uh, these yeah. like in China or India or whatever. Yeah. But uh, if it were, if it were to, if it were, if I begin to even see that there's a threat to actually getting shut down, which right now I don't see it, um, drive as much as much traffic as possible to other platforms. Like, like I always tell my, like I, I do a lot of consulting as well, and I always tell people I don't feel safe until I have a network, omni-channel network with a lot of followers across multiple platforms. I, I, I had the three hundred thousand follower Instagram account. It got deleted in two seconds. I was just going to touch on that. I was just going to touch on that. 
where do you believe <laughs> not relying on one platform comes in? Because I, I know you had this, this channel you built up. I think it was Fitness Transformation. Is that correct? Uh, it was called Legion's Production. Yeah. And uh, most of the content I was posting up were memes, fitness transformations, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So you built it up to 300,000 followers. And just like that, without any warning sign, Instagram took it all down. Did What lessons did that teach you in, in omni-channel strategy and in building a network that you can still interact with off of social media? Um, the the uh, lesson that I got from a utilitarian standpoint, from a more practical standpoint, was that you really, really want to diversify relatively early on. Yeah. Even though I'm, I'm a type of guy that likes to go all in on one thing, since you don't control that, that business or that company or the platform, you're completely like screwed if uh, shit hits the fan. Yeah. And you see it with all the people from Instagram. They're all crying right now. <laughs> they, they, they built up a huge following on Instagram and they're all struggling, crying. They try engagement groups, doesn't work. They try autobots, doesn't work. They try all kinds of uh, automation tools, it just doesn't work. Um, but from a mindset standpoint, that, that actually hit me kind of uh, pretty hard from a mindset standpoint. It's just like, if you wrap all your self-esteem around that one account, when that thing goes down, you know what I mean? You, you get destroyed. Yeah. So it's important to try to stay grounded, try to have uh, control of your mindset and your emotions and uh, move quickly. Yeah. And have, really, really, really quickly. And have perspective, like, right? Like things could come up, things could be taken away from you at any moment. And so like you said, you can't attach yourself and your brand to a platform or to a thing unless you own it. Like for you with your clothing brand, I'm sure you can attach yourself to that because it's personal, but you can't attach yourself yeah. to TikTok. You have no control whether it gets banned, whether it stays, whether it disappears. You know, it's yeah. just it's just a platform that you can leverage for yourself. You know, what what yeah. would your message yeah. be to someone who and is, then, who is then, on that? It, it, one thing would be to, and you know this already, like maybe build up an email list that you actually control. How have you, you been able to do that? Uh, I haven't been focusing on anything else right now besides TikTok and driving IG, uh, traffic to IG. Yeah. But uh, I mean, before the TikTok thing, I had an email list that I built up for myself with uh, 10,000 subscribers. Wow. And uh, the way I did it was that I had, uh, I created, I wrote, okay, so basically, remember when I said I had the first account when I was writing long form captions? Yeah. It was not lost. I took all those captions, I compiled them into my notes app onto my Microsoft Word, whatever. And then I wrote a small ebook of 67 pages using those things, right? Using those captions, because I'm not going to rewrite it again. Yeah. I, I kind of formatted properly, edited thing, have a guide, design, edit, whatever. And then I used that ebook as the kind of like the um, the way to pick up emails. So I had ClickFunnels, offered the free ebook, 70 pages. Got a bunch of emails by promoting the ebook through Instagram and through the Facebook page. And what was the ebook? Was the ebook to what was it promoting? How to yeah, the ebook was just or? the ebook was just solely for fitness stuff. Oh, just right. fitness information. Right. That's yeah, phenomenal. Yeah. And so you ran ads <laughs> against that. You ran ads targeting people, or you did it all organic? All organic. Oh my word. Yeah, actually, most of the most of the emails came from the Facebook page. Yeah. <laughs> so what I would do is I would I would uh, I would post like let's say a random piece of content like a piece of fitness content. Yeah. And I would have the link with a call to action in each of the captions. Yeah. And just over time, like it had a bunch so, of shares, and then people just click on it, they like it. Yeah. 
That's phenomenal. <laughs> oh my word. That's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, so you seem like you're, that's why I was really interested in you and what you've been able to create because I looked, like I said, at some of the other podcasts you've done and a lot of people who build this following on certain platforms, that becomes their be all and end all. But you've got a very philosophical approach to, to everything you go about doing and yeah. a very philosophical approach to TikTok in itself in the way you put out content, it seems. So let's drop some value a little bit here. What is that approach? And, and what would you say to somebody starting out in the exact tips that you feel is the quickest way to grow? Uh, the first thing I would do besides the tips and whatever, which I, I could get into for sure. Yeah. The first thing I would do is I would take a step back and get ready. To, if you're going to take this thing seriously, get ready to approach it and revamp your mindset as if you're an athlete, a high level athlete, like you're a soccer player, a football player, yeah. a high level athlete. What does the high level athlete have to do? He has to think long-term training every single day, not expecting short-term results leading up to like competition, leading up to the thing. Uh, you're going to go through ups and downs, whatever. I think the first thing you need to do is really, really shift your mindset for that, like, uh, for the high performance kind of person. Mm -hmm. And then you could dive into the tactics. Yeah. If you, and most people do the opposite. They go straight into the tactics because they want to get rich quickly or they mm -hmm. want to get famous quickly. And, uh, once they want, and you see it a lot with people that become famous very, very, very fast, Yeah. Hit that level of fame and they just, they're not able to uh, cope with all the stuff that happens. Mm -hmm. I think the first thing you need to do is switch is work on the mindset. And uh, as far as growth, one element of the reason why I did well was because I was early enough. Right. Me and you, me and you, we understand social media relatively well. If we see a platform coming forward, doesn't matter who says or who's demonizing the thing. We jump straight on straight on the platform. We test it out. We try it out and we evaluate as we go along. And that's one of the reasons why, I mean, even for me with TikTok. I was relatively a little bit later. Yeah. There were people before me that were like six months. When did you get on? I got out. In, I got on in uh, November. Yeah. Same as me. I was, I was a little bit late as well. And even now, if you yeah. get on, like technically that's very late, but there's still massive, massive opportunity. I don't understand why people yeah. aren't on it. Yeah. We're, we're still like, well, all I'm saying is that I wasn't like the early, early, earliest. Yeah. But uh, being able to identify, and this takes a lot of practice and research and, mm -hmm. and whatever, being able to identify an, a platform that is kind of growing and then jumping on it and then taking the step, taking the step to actually execute, yeah. that's like a big, big, big thing. Yeah. Um, as far as uh, tips for growing on TikTok, just like really quickly, because I could do a whole hour on this thing. Go for it. <laughs> I, I love that though. Go for it. Uh, the first thing I would do for TikTok is to try to learn the algorithm. The other social media platforms, I say the algorithm is kind of a supplement, understanding it is a supplement, but for TikTok, it's like a prerequisite to win. You really, really, really need to like actually find a way to figure it out correctly and then reverse engineer the content to be fully in line with the algorithm. Um, so like the, for example, like the five metrics, like I said, I said in the video, the five metrics that are evaluated on TikTok that are the most important is the completion rate and the rewatch rate need to find a way to get the person to watch the whole video all the way to the end, yep. not halfway, all the way to the end. Yep. So you structure your video with a very, very big introduction because they're all coming from the for you page, have some sort of progression and then try to try to indicate to them to wait all the way to the end to have some sort of big announcement. So for example, like when I make a, when I make a video 
with a topic similar to uh, the deadliest battle of all time. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd start off with the introduction of this is the deadliest battle in history. And then I would call, I would uh, name the battle. I would, I would say the name of the battle. Yeah. And then I would start 1945. This, 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 this happened. And, but I would only put the death toll of the battle at the end of the video. Right. So people are waiting and waiting <laughs> and waiting to see what the, see what the number is. They're waiting for that number. Exactly. Right. So where do likes and shares and comments and all that come in then? Do they play a part? The shares, likes, and comments play a part. Um, but the two, again, the two most important metrics are the rewatch completion rate. Um, for the amount of comments that you get, it'd be good to have to be working with topics that are a little bit more controversial. Yeah. And you could even uh, keep an open-end question at the end of the video. So you'd be like... For, I do a lot of my videos. I do what I say is I go like, let me know what you guys think, yeah. and I put a brain. <laughs> or uh, can you can you imagine if this thing existed today or whatever? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. You've really studied the platform. For and uh, I think for a lot of people, I, I don't want to cut you off, but okay. I think for a lot of people, they have these presuppositions of what the platform is and how the creator should be on the platform, even to this day. You still have so many people that think TikTok is just cringe, cringe content, dance videos, yeah. whatever. It's like, why don't you download the app and explore for a few hours, a few days, a few weeks, and, and then just do the thing that you think makes sense. If you just copy what everyone else is doing or what the mainstream or what the, uh, the presupposition of how it's supposed to be, yeah. you already lost. No, absolutely. Here's what I say to all my clients because I have clients now that are on there, but I have clients who aren't on there because they just wouldn't budge. But all of my clients, this is what they, the first thing they say to me, and it's bar none, by the way, everybody says this. I say, we should get you on TikTok. It'll really help build your brand. Nah, TikTok's for younger kids, for seven to 13 year olds. We shouldn't do that. And this is what I say. Yeah, so was Instagram. So was Facebook. Facebook yeah. was built for college kids. Instagram, and, uh, I was on Instagram when I was in, in middle school, as all my friends were, and now it's dominated by my mom and all of her friends. It's only going to continue to age up, and so I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. I mean, the whole, I mean, I get that all the time, too. You know, they think it's a bunch of kids, and it's like, based on what data? <laughs> oh, that's what I thought. You have no data. You just have, you just anecdotally think you have a few friends that are on there with kids, and you heard a few, uh, few rumors that it's a bunch of kids, but it's just not, the data is not with you yeah uh, i think like i think like uh 18 to 24 year old is like the median age yeah. 18 to 24 year old they can buy products they can find a way to raise money a lot of them are working they could buy your products and service well and it's, really the, next, and it's the next and it's the next generation right it's the, it's the market you want to be targeting it's the next generation of people and not only that too it's like even if let's just say i forgot the data but let's say you have four percent of the monthly active users that are between the age of 30 and 50 yeah you're really going to disrespect four percent of 800 million monthly active users you're a piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> no i think i think it's so ignorant of people not to do that and it's hurting themselves and it's and it's actually a disrespect to the people that are on the platform because if you genuinely believe that your business has the potential to impact lives or has the potential to bring value yes. to other people then you deciding that your kids should be on tiktok and you shouldn't is is a massive disrespect to those people that are on that platform and to your point before when you were saying about people talking about <laughs> the fact that 
they don't want to be on this platform because of the age barrier. Your audience is on the platform. 4% of 800 million. I don't even know what that number is, by the way, but that is a lot of people. And the ability for you to reach them has never been easier. Fine, go and download an Instagram. Go and start a Facebook page. And in, in three months, you'll have four followers and, and 20 likes on your Facebook page right now, unless you're running ads. Or go and start a TikTok. Accept that maybe some of the audience is a younger demographic, but you could still target that 4%. And you'll grow a hundred times at an exponential rate. Exactly, exactly. I mean, I still remember uh, six months ago, uh, people uh, people on business who were disrespecting TikTok by saying things like, "Oh, you can't have a link in your bio. You can't do lead generation, uh, bro." That's for now. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the platforms evolve over time. Exactly. And you need to gain some perspective by diving straight into the industry, but you're making a judgment from like an outside perspective that you don't know anything about social media. So, well, it's Judgment. so early on. Like I just say to people, look at the, look at the history of these other platforms and how they've evolved. Instagram stories. When it first came out, people were like, what is this? It's crazy. Now Instagram stories are like the best way to get in front of your audience on the platform. You know, I have no doubt that TikTok, even though you can't now categorize videos that you've saved. And even though you can't now, maybe have more than one link. And even though you can at the moment, people don't really engage a lot in the DMs. They're learning as well, I'm sure. The platform, the people who are running the platform are learning as they go as well. And I'm sure they're going to evolve it yeah. to what the users want. Exactly. I mean, you know, like uh, six, six to eight, 10 months ago, whatever. Like the re one of the reasons why TikTok grew so fast compared to other platforms was because Facebook, Instagram became kind of arrogant. They were like, okay, we have the entire market share. Nobody can beat us. So what we're going to do is we're going to go to a fully, fully monetization driven model and lower the organic reach massively. That's why everybody's, everybody's been crying for three years now, <laughs> two years. They've been crying. They're like, holy shit, I put so much energy and time to become an Instagram influencer. Yeah. And I can't even reach the amount of people that I like, not even 5% of people I have. Yeah. Um, so the reason why TikTok did so well was because they came in, they're like, okay, there's a craving of creators for organic reach, we're going to massive, massively release it. We're going to bleed cash with this project, TikTok project for a while. And we're not going to try to monetize anytime soon. And that's why Mark Zuckerberg is like kind of scared of TikTok. Yeah. He, even in front of Congress, he's like, bro, bro, like you guys think we're good, but like TikTok's freaking taking over. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens then? Because Facebook is the dominator of everything. At the mo I mean, it has been historically for the past whatever, however many years. What happens then when Instagram creates its own form of TikTok? What do you think will happen? So Instagram came out with, uh, well, well, Facebook came out with Lasso in 2018, which is literally identical to TikTok, identical to TikTok. They tried tapping into the Indian network uh, because the Indian network is huge. And uh, they officially declared that project a failure about a, a couple months ago, I think a few months ago. Wow. And uh, so what they're trying to do now to try to tackle and take on TikTok is they're going to implement what we call Reels. Yep. You probably heard of it, Reels. It's the same tactic as what they did with Snapchat. Just implement the features directly on Instagram where, they're where their user base is already located to try to take on TikTok. Um, I think it's going to be a, the, the only thing that I'm kind of reluctant with that strategy is it could work. The only thing is that 
Instagram needs to release its organic reach or there's not a singular chance that creators are going to start migrating in masses back to Instagram like they did with Snapchat. Yeah. They need to release it. If, if these guys are giving me, if I could get 100,000 views over here with a mediocre, like a 5 out of 10 video, and I can't even get 2,000 views with Reels, there's no chance I'm going to migrate to Reels. I'm just going to stay there. And another, another struggle that a lot of, and there's a lot of other platforms that are trying to copy TikTok because they see TikTok is doing well. There's like Tangi, YouTube, uh, YouTube short, for, short form video app called uh, Shorts, which is coming out soon. There's uh, the Google, Google Tangi. There's, a, there's one that's called um, Likey in Singapore. One of the struggles that they're going through right now is that they're, 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 go, they're going through what I call the, uh, the TikTok virus. So the creators, what they do is they, they, just, they just take their TikTok video and they just throw it on the app. <laughs> and the app is just completely like corrupted by TikToks and like the app becomes TikTok basically. So it's basically it's like, just TikTok on, on the other app. Exactly, exactly. So I don't know how they're going to limit that, but it's going to be a, it's going to be a challenge. Yeah. So how does Inst- <laughs> that's absolutely madness. That's absolutely madness. So how it's does, a- in- how does Instagram then put back its organic reach? Do they, do they put the algorithm back to where the most recent post goes to the top of the feed and that's how the organic reach will go up? How do you realistically think that that's feasible? I, I don't know what they're going to do because I don't really work there. But um, from what <laughs> I, I mean, they, they have to find they have to find a way because as of right now, they're getting I feel like they're getting they're really, really getting hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's and we know this because, you know, we see all the people migrating to TikTok. We see a bunch of TikToks being posted already yeah. on a bunch of Instagram accounts. Like you can see that corruption happening of like IG becoming TikTok. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so, so what's your prediction then? What's your prediction for the long term? Will TikTok take over completely or will TikTok's organic reach die out and everybody will migrate back to back to the other platforms? Uh, as of right now, TikTok has to go through the government cracking down on it. Yeah, That's one thing it's going to have to work on. Yeah. Uh, what it's going to have to do, it's going to have to find a way to separate from the Chinese government completely. I'm not even saying it's part of the Chinese government, but the rhetoric in the United States, the, the whole anti-China rhetoric is so prominent that um, they need to find a way to just be like, look, we're not, we're, we have zero, zero, zero affiliation to China and to the government. Yeah. That's number one struggle it's going to have to go through. Uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure that all the other tech companies are trying to push for a ban of TikTok because it's a big threat. But uh, I think TikTok is definitely here to stay. I mean, the, the user base is just too massive at this point. Their yeah. team is executed super well. Um, but IG and Facebook has to pick up its game because, like, I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the prediction is going to be, but it's going to be one hell of a battle next year. Yeah. Wow. Well, let's pivot a little bit then. Let's let's talk about product-based businesses I want to talk about. You started a clothing brand. It's doing well, I, I think. It's doing, it's doing quite well. Talk about that brand. What is it? Where it came about? Why the Japanese style? And, and, and was that a passion of yours? Touch on that a little bit. Uh, so the origins of the brand, it's actually me, not me, the founder of the thing. It's um, about three years ago, I was doing a lot more coaching for Instagram, social media, and some e-com stuff. And there was a guy in my city who had a clothing brand called Odin Gear. It's another brand. It's a yeah. lot bigger. 
And uh, he needed help with social media. So I'm like, okay. And we sat down for a bit, a couple of sessions, whatever. And then in the summer of that year, I tried to ask for equity in that company. He's like, no, screw you. He didn't say it that way, but like, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but he said that he had a second brand that he kind of set up, but he's not working on because he doesn't have time to work on it. So we split that thing. Uh, and that's the brand that we have now. Um, I like Japanese culture a lot. Uh, I've been to Japan many times. Yeah. I'm actually half Asian as well. Yeah. But, um, and we try to tackle the, not the, not the typical kind of like Japanese culture. We try to tackle a dark side of Japan. Yeah. Uh, the Japanese streetwear is huge and there's a huge market for that little, like kind of like subsection. Yeah. Uh, as of right now, the brand is still very, very, very small. And uh, I haven't been focusing that heavily on it for the last six months because I've been literally diverting all my attention to try to build up my TikTok. But uh, pretty soon I'm going to start driving a lot more traffic to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, clothing brand, a clothing brand in general is not a high margin, in, uh, a high margin uh, industry or company. It's yeah. a cutthroat area. The margins are not good because there's so much competition. <laughs> but uh, I mean, you have to be realistic about it. You know, I know I know a lot of people they want to start a clothing brand and it's like bro get get ready to not get paid for a while. Yeah. Like this shit is super hard. Oh no, absolutely. Unless unless you have unless you have hundreds of thousands of dollars with a supplier in China where you can lower your costs massively and if you're doing print on demand stuff or drop shipping, like your margins are not going to be good unless you have massive volume. Yeah. And that requires massive skill in uh, marketing. Yeah. Um but uh it's a good way for me to try to to try to find a way to just grow the the the, the network like yeah. people actually wearing clothes yeah i think it's a good strategy yeah no it is a great strategy as you continue to build i'm sure your brand will continue to build that's what's happened with i mean yeah. i look at gary v massively and i think vayner media and, and and uh empathy wines and all that sort of stuff have grown as the result of him growing his brand yes. so i think it's a phenomenal strategy um and clothing brands <laughs> touching specifically on that that was something i failed with massively we spoke a little bit off air about it but i think i did it the wrong way and i've said this before i learned marketing after and i just wanted to go in and, and, and learn about fashion and realized very very quickly as i'm sure you've you have the <laughs> the market is incredibly saturated and and i think more so saturated than people realize that are outside of the game you start seeing accounts popping up all over the place that are like other clothing brands and other and other people that are involved in in these startups their competition is absolutely massive and one of the but one of the things that i'm learning about you which i think is really cool and a really good lesson for people in everything you've gone about instagram facebook tiktok your clothing brand before you do it you do your research and you have a purpose and a market space that you want to attack how important do you see having they say a niche but also having that purpose behind everything that you're doing and not just throwing yourself in and learning um i don't know i feel like for me the, the first thing i tr I try to figure out very early on was like, like what my vision for my life is going to be like even more fundamental like even more philosophical like where do i want to see myself surrounded by which people whatever um going from that kind of approach you don't really worry too much and you, you kind of look at things in the day-to-day -day and even projects that seem to be huge for a lot of people as a little bit trivial. It's like you think about the clothing brand, but you're like, this is just one of my steps. 
to get somewhere else kind of thing. So uh, that keeps me kind of like grounded and not too, uh, not too emotionally freaking unstable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I, I just try, I just try to fix my, my mindset first. Yeah. But as far as, as far as the clothing brand, I kind of view it more as a way for me to build up the branding more than anything else. Less about making money, less about short term. Um, but yeah, like you said, like uh, with the existence of print on demand and drop shipping, clothing <laughs> brand is like the hardest industry to be in. Absolutely. And uh, if you go, and especially if you go in there with like, I want to make a lot of money, like uh, the guy from Gymshark or like all these guys, it's like, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's, so, <laughs> that's so funny. So Michael. Yeah, but, but, but you know, like also it's like figuring out the why you're doing something beyond the, I want to make some money and become rich is a huge, huge driver of like energy on day-to-day -day basis. And you're going to go through like ups and downs. You're going to be depressed sometimes and like, yo, why am I doing this? And you have to think of like, just reevaluate and think of why you're doing it. Absolutely. He is the ninth person, I believe, that has said this, by the way. You haven't listened to my other podcast, but we've said, we've had that on every podcast. Every person who's ever been able to achieve success that we've had on so far, every single one of them has said that you need to have a why or you need to have a bigger goal, more than money. It's the why for where you want to be in your life. And that allows you to then work backwards and create the steps that, that lead to achieving that goal. So I think that's unbelievable. What's your why? Exactly. And another thing too, another thing too, it's like when you're going to set a goal and this is for people that are maybe a bit more ambitious, I guess, like really ambitious, make your goal literally gigantic, gigantic goal. A goal that a goal that's so big that people are just like, hey, bro, uh, relax, like, stop trying to be like the next Elon Musk, whatever. Yeah. So that even if you achieve like a percentage of it, it's like. That's why we started it off with reach for the moon and you'll fall amongst the stars. I think. I mean, it, it's it's a little bit like it's a little bit like the way Jason Capital says. Like for me, it's kind of like I have like my own, I have like one life. I want to taste pretty much everything. Like I want to compete in the same league, the same leagues as like Bill Gates and whatever. And these are like goals that are that are really really big but i just it's it's very exciting it's very it kind of sucks to be sitting here and just like knowing that like elon musk and like bill gates and all these like huge guys are just like chilling around and you can't even like meet up with them or like chill with them or whatever so like and, and in order to chill with them you have to like be achieving something that's just like colossal yeah so that's like the, that's more of the excitement it's kind of like the process of like getting to like the highest goal did you have to drop off your your ego and opinions of what other people think when you started doing this? Because I think the problem for most people is not that they don't have these big goals, but they're afraid to say them and admit to the, themselves and to other people that their goals are that big for fear of people laughing at them. Oh yeah, 100%. And um, for me, my ego is kind of dismantled once again in the face of the biggest goal or the biggest vision or the thing, the place where you want to be because everything that you're worried about, all the fears are just so trivial and macro. It's like scared yeah. of what? Yeah. I was going to laugh at you, punch you in whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Are you and one thing, one thing for me that really fixed my ego is, uh, training like lit literally the gym Yeah, has been a huge, huge, huge mindset shift. That's super in line with like business development and social media. How? Like training every single day, just like working on the weaknesses, 
getting in every day even when you even when you don't want to um that's why i tell people to go to the gym less of for the fact that you want to be good looking or strong or whatever but more of the mindset therapeutic side it, it's too powerful yeah in my view yeah no i'm learning massively about the power of the mind and and how your mindset shapes everything are you a big believer in in the manifestation of of goals uh, i follow a lot of people who are involved in in that like they 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 voice their goals before they happen because they know that they can get there are you a big believer in voicing them out loud to other people or do you just have them up here uh i mean i have my circle that i speak to a lot i, I actually talk a lot i communicate everything that's going on going on in my head yeah um as far as the manifestation thing i'm not too sure what you're referring to but if it's something related to like the mystic i'm the anti of the mystic yeah <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I'm not for the whole like every the, the those yoga and like dance. I'm not for that at all. I'm right. just like the use of reason, multivariable analysis to be grounded as far as possible with the pursuit of the truth. That's it. So, do you just look at life like everybody's gonna die one day? So why not give it your all? I mean, not really. I, I value life a lot. I mean, everyone will die at one point one day. But the standard of my life is my is my life. So if I want to like achieve something and I, if I only have one life, the next 50, 60, 80 years, I might as well go all out. Absolutely. I, I just, I, I can't see myself doing a disservice, just kind of chilling and like drifting through life. Like most people. Do you see that doing a disservice <laughs> to yourself or do you see that doing a disservice to everybody else? Or do you see it doing a disservice to, to both? Oh, to disservice mainly to myself too much pride is it is it too much pride in 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 your ability too much pride in you know you have the potential to create something and you feel like you have to man uh, maximize that potential uh i don't know if it's pride but uh it's definitely exciting where do you, where do, <laughs> where do you find that excitement is it diving deep uh, into things all, that you love i mean one thing's for sure is i was raised in a family that was uh, a little bit um wealthier uh so i don't have the i don't have the uh, the need for for money let's say i've kind of like dismantled all that for a long time i don't have like uh any like material goals that i want to achieve whatever i just like the fact of grinding every single day towards a huge goal like that's just what i like like e even right now like i'm not making any money with tiktok let's say with taking sponsorship deals whatever i'm still having fun making every single day yeah yeah that's that's a really unique perspective and i think it's super cool because you've literally taken money out of everything you've taken money out of your clothing you've taken money out of tiktok you've taken money out of instagram you've taken money out of facebook and every single one you've had success because money was never the end goal and so that means that there's no cap on what you can achieve right and there and there, there there's no cap and there's no there's no uh there's minimal minimal amount of leverage that someone could have over me yeah. It's a little bit uh, liberating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so fuck the money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fuck I mean, the no, money. I, mean, I, I want money for sure. You know what I mean? Like I want to be, I want to be wealthy, whatever. Um, I'm just saying that like, I don't have the need, like the need to buy things to show people or whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's more like I want to build wealth for the vision and then build wealth to be able to invest in certain things and to, to have a more exciting life. And to, and to be able to enjoy every single day of what you're doing right 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's also like with the cash, you could invest in things and that's fun. Like deploying yeah. cash in certain areas strategically and thinking about it, it's exciting. <laughs> that's a crazy, crazy mindset. No, I've loved I've loved every minute of this because it's a completely different, unique approach to to life on the whole. And I think it's a really cool episode yeah, I mean, that people can learn. I, I discovered like for myself, I discovered early on like if most people are telling you something, it's probably incorrect. And I only listen I mainly only listen to the guys at the highest, highest, highest possible level. Complete unorthodox approach to things. Now, I, I don't take everything they say, you know, like to heart. Yeah. I take it with a grain of salt and I'll analyze a bunch of different places. But uh, it's, I think it's done me well as far as like yeah. thought process. No, I think that's really cool because in this day and age, we're so surrounded and completely surrounded and immersed in this world of social media and everybody's opinions they see as fact and even some of these people with millions and millions of followers yes they've probably done it a lot of them and a lot of them have been successful entrepreneurs but similar to all of us when we speak we're only speaking from our perspective and so a lot of times we can't see the other perspective and we're only speaking from how we feel in that moment so i'm sure you've seen i've seen people with millions of followers they say one thing and then you see them three weeks later and they're saying something different because they think the content will perform well oh yeah Okay, you think it's bad in the social media realm? About about one year ago from now, uh, since now, uh, from now, I've been studying politics, ideology, philosophical principles, epistemology, morality for a while. You, you won't imagine the amount of lies and like just... People think a certain thing that's super destructive, but they actually believe it. Uh, or certain things that are a little bit less destructive, but they actually full-heartedly believe it. And the amount of lies and manipulation that there is out there is huge. So the best thing to do is to take a grain of salt and then really analyze carefully one by one. Um, I mean, just getting back to social media, I forget about politics for a second. But like, for example, you, uh, for example, you, you probably know way more about social media than a guy that has 5 million followers. It, it, it's, just, it's just a fact. I mean, I listen to some people that are like social media influencers that have like, 10 million or whatever. And it's not from a strategic approach that they've grown their accounts. They got lucky. It could be a girl that's just good looking. Yeah. It could be they were very, very early. Um, many, many variables come into play. But uh, it's like if you take their advice just by this, the mere fact that they have a lot of followers, it's very, very, very dangerous. Because you, you think, oh, yeah, I just do this and I'll be famous. And it's like, no, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, again, on that point, I think that's such a such a cool perspective. Like you can't get so wrapped up in every single person's opinion. And from what I've heard from you is you look at the facts first and you make your own judgments based off of the facts. I think too many yep. people go the other way. They don't look at the facts until after they formed an opinion. And then when they find out the facts, it's too late to change their opinion because they've already let everybody else know what their opinion yeah, they is. Have, uh, they, have too much, they have too much self-esteem to be able to say, Oh, yo, you know what? I made a mistake. I just want to let you know. And uh, that's it. Yeah. Very easy. Yeah. Um, also, there's also a, a level of like, let's say specifically for social media, it's kind of like a lot of people, they, they don't know where to start. They kind of dive into social media because of whatever reason their goal is to be rich or famous. Yeah. And like, who do I listen to? Who do I follow? Um, for me, the, the best thing to do is just kind of like dive onto someone that's really, really successful in the field that has been strategic. Don't take everything with a grain of salt, but listen carefully 
and then move on to the next guy and then move on to the next guy you'll have perspective it takes practice to actually analyze yeah and i think it's also being headstrong and knowing in your own head as well that you don't have to like i said before take everybody what they say and transform your mind into that i was the biggest culprit of this a few years back somebody would tell me one thing and i'd be like wow that must be so true and then a week later somebody would have a different opinion i'd be like wow that that must be so true and then my mind shifted <laughs> but i think it's i think i never really understood that you can actually take a little bit from some people without getting so wrapped up in thinking oh they've got a million followers they must be right about everything most people are right oh sorry wrong about most things yeah and you know one thing too is like for example like let's say i listen to gary v okay I listen to Gary V. He's an expert in a certain specific niche or field, like in a specific barrier. As soon as Gary V starts talking about politics, ideology, and I know he's kind of like a fetus in that stuff, I'm like, all right. <laughs> I mean, I, I still like you a lot. Yeah. But uh, when you talk about this stuff, uh, I, I know you don't really know everything you're talking about. Yeah. No, I think that's <laughs> so. I think that's so cool because so many people look at. <laughs> I, I don't want to get too much into politics, but they look at celebrities, for example, who, who try and have a voice in spaces that they aren't in because they have power over their platform or they have power over their audience, and they take that as fact. You seem yeah. like what you've been able to do brilliantly is, is you find the industries and you find the industry experts, but you don't listen to them when they start talking about other things that they don't really know anything about. All they've been fed as well, just like you, is opinions. They've been fed yeah. opinions from people all over the place that are in their space. And so yep. they're speaking off of what they've heard, which I think is completely unfair. And so what you're saying is take every industry and find the expert of the experts in that industry and learn from that person. And as soon as they start talking yep. about something that they aren't, haven't made a million dollars in or haven't devoted their life to, move on to someone else. Yeah, that's fine. And you know, and at, at the same time, specifically on that note, you don't want to be intellectually arrogant. So when Gary Vee says something about politics, let's say, that I know doesn't make any sense. I'm not going to shut down Gary V completely. Yeah. Which is what a lot of people do. They see one little thing that they don't like with this guy. I'm going to shut him down completely. And it's like, bro, take the things that are important and then maybe cut out other stuff. Yeah. If you shut out, if you work with that kind of like shutting out everything, you're never going to pr progress. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like you're never going to agree 100% with every single person in front of you. Well, everybody said things at times where they feel they're right, but they're not. The world of social media, like we said, is about opinions. It's about opinions and, and, and seeing your opinion as fact because influencers influence people. You don't influence anyone based off of fact. You influence people based off of your opinion and people following that opinion. And so I yep. think that's, that's absolutely mad and such a cool topic to touch on. And I'm so glad we got into the, the philosophy of things. Michael, yep, yep. before we close it out, to your 18-year-old self, I know you're 25 years old now. You've, you've still got a long way to go. To anybody who's 18, what's, or, or even 20, or even 25, or even 30, by the way, if they don't know where they are, they're lost, they want to get started in a specific area. What's the first thing you'd say to them before jumping into anything? Before jumping into anything or before jumping into social media specifically? Anything. Before jumping into anything? Yeah. Um, I always say it. I always say it. I can't say it enough. First thing I would do is find a way to get into the high performance mindset. That's the number one thing of all people. Uh, the school system kind of failed in that sense. They said, here's the tactics. It's like, okay, but that doesn't make me succeed at all. 
Um, specifically for things online, I think the first thing I would do is uh, probably start to do a market research, global market research of multiple areas, multiple fields, and then just start listening a little bit and then do that for like a month, let's say two months. And then I wouldn't be scared. Just jump straight into your thing. With the, with the perspective that you're probably making 10,000 mistakes along the way. And that's okay. That's okay. I, I really, I really like, I mean, he's talked about manifestation a lot uh, before, but I really like the fact of just jumping into the thing and then just absorbing as you go. That's kind of the way I started out. Um, and I don't regret it. Yeah. From day, from day, from day one, I kind of like, I had a good approach, I think. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love that. Well, Michael, thank you so much for coming on. You've been a really, really inspiring guest, not just on the social media realm, but in the philosophical realm, in the worldly realm. And, and I think something that people can learn so many lessons from. You're a pioneer of the space in, in so many areas. You've been able to to capture the attention of millions of people through what you've been able to do. And so you're definitely someone worth listening to in, in, in those realms. So thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Billy. Michael, where, before we close it out, where can people find you? Um, the best way to find me is through Instagram at king underscore K-H-I-E-U. Or if you want to send me an email, it's uh, Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L dot K-H-I-E-U at gmail.com. Phenomenal. Send him an email, give him a follow, and also check out his clothing brand. It is unreal, some of the gear that they've got. Check it out buy his products he says he doesn't care about money but i'm sure he'd love he'd love for you to buy i'm sure he'd love for you to buy his products in the back of his head somewhere anyway yeah. everybody else you know what to do give me a follow at billy garton jr across all platforms we've got it back here the inspiring young aspirers podcast make sure to subscribe you know we're going to the top but we can't reach the top without your help leave a review subscribe let me know who you want on the podcast michael has been an incredible guest We've had some incredible, incredible guests with inspiring stories, not just to inspire you, though, but to spur you into action. Stay tuned. <laughs>